So welcome to episode 14 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host Lance and joining me on the panel today is Liz. Hi. Hill. Hey. And Zabine. Hey. With episode notes done by Matt, Kata and myself. So episode 14, the screenplay was done by Wendy Lee and it was directed by Lawrence Wilson and the episode synopsis will be read out by Sabine. With Chloe missing from the night before, Lex organizes a search party, but unfortunately, they're headed in the wrong direction. Chloe observes the locos in their search for Zoot, and later finds herself in danger of being captured. Elsewhere, Jack and Dell continue to work on purifying the recent rainwater and stumble across an ancient breakthrough. Episode 14 pretty much centers around Operation Stupid Kid, which is Lex's term for rescuing Chloe, who's missing from the mall. Right. All those volunteers for Operation Stupid Kid, put up your hands. It's my favorite line in this episode. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. It is a good line. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously Bray still feeling a bit guilty over Chloe. Um, wants to go and find her straight away, but he's overruled by Lex and Amber, who both agree that it's too dangerous and it's getting dark. Um, in the morning, we have Bray wanting to search the woods, but Lex overrules him once again and saying that they need to search the city because that ties in with his previous deal with Bluebell being chased by the locos. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that part first of all. I mean, is this a new low for Lex? Um, he, kn- he saw Chloe before. He knows where generally she was why would he get them to search in the sea just to save face because he really doesn't care about chloe yeah it's a kid he wants her gone so i have another one of those like weird crazy i've seen this show too many times and drawing from like my own conclusions but like so in series two where they're running the obstacle courses and the flashbacks with ma'am i've always like to me, like, Lex is the city kid, and, like, bad things, like, that's a bad memory of going in the woods, like, that, you know, you go to summer camp, you get lost in the woods, you think you're gonna die, so you don't go back into the woods, so I've always just thought that maybe it's, like, a fear thing, too. If he's into a story, but there's other stuff going on. Yeah, but he has no problem going into the woods in season three, so that doesn't work. I just think it's part of Lex's self-destructive personality. Lex strikes me as someone who's always wanted to be a hero, you know, and he didn't have anyone to teach him how to be one. His father was abusive. He was a drunk. And Lex obviously took on those mannerisms. He's abusive himself, but he wants to be seen as heroic. He wants to save the day. He just hasn't figured out how to do it. And every time he attempts to, it goes awry. You know, he he beat Zoot. Zoot invaded the mall. and In Lex's eyes, he saved the day and stopped it, and it turned out he was wrong, you know? And that's what happens to Lex a lot, unfortunately. He's trying to figure this out. And here he has a chance to prove himself. He is in charge of security, and he gets that validation. I'm important. People need to listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. 
but he tends to let his ego get in the way because he, like you said, he knows Chloe didn't go into the woods. I mean, go into the city because he knows that Locos didn't take Bluebell. But he's so dead set on his ego, he can't just admit, okay, mm-hmm. fine, maybe Bray is right. And he shoots himself in the foot and he loses the chance to be a hero. If he had just listened to Bray and had gone in the woods, he would have found Chloe, mm-hmm. validated his whole point of what he wants to be. But instead, he can't do that. He self-destructs instead. And I almost felt like he wanted to start a fight with Bray. Like he expected Bray to not respect his authority because that's how Bray has been. But Bray said, okay, fine, you're in charge. Let's search the city. And even you can tell the look on Lex's face. Like he's not exactly happy with that response. He, I think he wanted Bray to fight with him, you know? Um, <clears throat> and now he's stuck. You can tell it, you can see it in his eyes. He's like, crap, we're not going to find Chloe going this way, but I can't back down now. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm just like, oh, Lex, you shot yourself in the foot. You could have been the hero. You could have found her. You know where she is. You know she's not in the city. And um, and then later he's adamant against searching the woods. You know what I mean? He doesn't want to go mm-hmm. back out there and search the woods because he just can't handle being proven wrong. And I'm like, oh, Lex. Yeah, if there's one thing he doesn't want, it's, it's Bray being right. Yeah. Yeah, we saw what happened the last time a man challenged him and was right. Remember, Lex wanted to join the Locos, mm-hmm. and he, Glenn said, "That's a bad idea. We can't trust them." And Lex shouted him down, and it turned out to be a bad idea, and they had no choice but to run. And guess what he did? Because Glenn was right, he sacrificed Glenn to the Locos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're totally on spot with that, Sabine. He just he cannot handle another man that he's threatened by proving him wrong switching to bray for a bit why do you think he is so overly concerned about chloe um we know he felt a bit guilty obviously over bluebell but yeah he seems a bit i don't know he seems to be overly concerned what do you think i think chloe is a safe thing for him to focus on and it gives him an excuse not to deal with the other stuff that he doesn't want to um remember when Trudy was first throwing herself at him and he's like he made a big point of Chloe being upset about the calf and how he had to make it mm-hmm. up to her mm-hmm. you know and you get the sense that he's just latching onto this so he can escape Trudy and now he's doing it again like worrying about Chloe is way easier than having to he can use it as an excuse you know like I, I aren't you worried about Chloe Trudy and she's like what the really you're bringing that up now I, I kind of feel like it's it's a safe thing to focus on so he doesn't have to deal with the other emotional crap. I always thought that, like, because Chloe helped keep his zoot secret, like, they kind of, that that time that they were looking for, I guess, Bluebell yeah. the first time, like, they're, like, endeared to each other in a weird sort of way. That's true. I always had this strange feeling that um, Bray saw something of himself in Chloe, her incense, yeah. her wanting to wander off elsewhere. Yeah, I, I think it's something he recognized in her, but that he mm. also realized that the world they live in now isn't as safe. It's not as safe for her to do that. And I totally agree with you, Liz. It's absolutely a way to get away from Trudy and from dealing with Trudy and Celine. But it might also be a way to endear himself more to Amber. Because he's seen that Amber 
really likes Chloe and wants her to be safe. So yeah, I, I think he also feels it would score him some bonus points on his likability. You know what else it could be? Um, my dad and I joke about this. Sometimes he prefers to do things for me than he does my mom. It's not because he loves me more than my mom. It's just because I'm his daughter. I have fewer expectations of him. So I'm far easier mm -hmm. to please than my mom. <laughs> so when my dad's having a rough day, he can do something really simple for me. And he knows his little girl's got a big old smile on her face for him. Like, oh, thanks, dad. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. His wife is a little more complicated. <laughs> and I think maybe Chloe is just a very easy, you know, an easy problem to deal with. It's so easy to do something nice for that little girl. And it's a lot easier to focus on her than all the other stuff that he's got on his plate, you know? It is. It really is. Oh, uh, the question that I see on here, any comments on the fact that the Locos are also in the woods? I was thinking about that watching this episode. Now, we know that Lex doesn't want to go in the woods because he doesn't want Bray to be right. And he doesn't want to have to admit that the Locos never took the cow in the first place. But I was wondering, why are the Locos looking for Zoot in the woods? What the, why would Zoot be in the woods? And it made me wonder. We talked about the fact that Ebony... We don't think any, none of us think she was sad that Zoot disappeared. She was just more concerned about what he might be doing. What if she's got them searching in the woods because she doesn't want to find Zoot? Oh, that's a very real possibility. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's almost like they're just wasting their time in the woods. And they're really bad at searching because they're like literally around Chloe the entire time and not one of them spots her. <laughs> the locals are just kind of dumb too, but... <laughs> Like, okay, let me rephrase that. Not all of the locos are dumb, but like the generic loco number two, <laughs> like they're dumb. Yeah. Like the like, generic guys that we don't ever see. I just remember watching and going, I, it never asked, it never really occurred to me. Why does yeah. she have them in the woods looking for Zoot? It just didn't make sense. And, you know, Ebony, think about it. If Ebony really wanted to find him, wouldn't she go looking for Bray? Where else yeah. would Zoot be than maybe his brother or Trudy if she really wanted to find him? Shouldn't she go look for them, you know? And But no, she she's really in the doesn't. woods. And it's like, what would Zoot be doing in the woods? You know, come on. Come on. I was, I was thinking about this. I was trying to, yeah, try and put myself into Ebony's kind of mindset. I, I think I think deep down she knows he's he is dead. He would have come back by now. I think she's just trying to find his body, just trying to get confirmation, I think. I don't know. That's possible, yeah. too. That's possible. I but, know. Yeah. I, I think she would have looked for Brave before yeah, I think searching she in the woods point. if she wanted to find Suit. Or she could just be putting on a show of pretending she's looking for him, but she's yeah. looking in places where she knows she won't find him. So but that if he does, if he pops up, she can always be like, yeah, look, ask them. I searched everywhere for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, but it makes sense for her character. I mean... She wants them to see that she's Zoot's woman, that she's mm. going to do everything that he wanted her to do, which includes, well, looking for him if he's missing. But it, it's okay. just to stake her claim. It's just to show everyone that she's the one calling the shots. It also kind of feels like a private joke, because the scene before we see the locos in the woods, 
we have Bray and Lex's conversation about where Chloe and the calf could be because where the locos would be. And he's just like, and Lex had said, when you think of the locos, you think of the city, yeah. you think of decay. I don't think, you don't think about grass and trees. And yet that's exactly where the locos are. Once, once again, <laughs> loco number two is dumb. I think that's, I think you're onto an inside joke. <laughs> like that's like, funny. Like, like I think that's one of those like visual jokes that just took us all twenty years to realize what just happened. We just discussed that <laughs> you find the locos in the city, and it just happens to be today they're out in the woods, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's <sighs> funny, and nothing good ever happens in the woods. And yeah, one final question about Operation Stupid Kid. Um, <laughs> what did you think about Chloe's survival skills? Because she, she did like survive out in the forest all night. Um, pretty. She seems seem pretty fine. Like, what do you think about her survival skills there? Chloe's a boss. Right. Yep. I mean, not only is she out in the woods surrounded by the enemy and never managed to get spotted, even in that bright red coat, <laughs> she's able to sleep and still not be spotted, even though they're literally feet away from her. She's She's got the stealth skills of the predator. Like... <laughs> Chloe is amazeballs, in my opinion. <laughs> Chloe doesn't get enough credit. Like, I, I really do enjoy Chloe. Just because she can. Like, I told you guys, boss. that's a project kid right there. Yeah, no, she really <laughs> is. And I think that's, this is kind of like the scene where you see it. Is that she's had to be out on her own and kind of make her way for herself. And she doesn't even scream at seeing the locos. Nope, she's like, okay quiet quiet game <laughs> if that had yeah, that would have been patsy she would have screamed the house down and got her didn't chloe already scream though like a couple episodes ago when bray found her no or did he stop her okay no right. she just she just said let me go i don't trust you but she didn't i scream. remember someone screaming at one point it might have been a different kid in a different season i don't remember uh okay cool let's yeah let's move on to the fight for bray <laughs> Bray, you forgot your... Oh. Morning, Celine. So, in this whole episode, we see Trudy and Celine pretty much up their game as they fight for Bray. Bray's love. <laughs> <laughs> and what we see is Trudy pressuring Bray to stay the night, um, for Brady's sake, but we all know that it's so that she can get closer to him. Uh, and obviously, Celine sees them coming out of her room and just rise up even more um yeah i mean let's cut to the chase are you team trudy or team serene team trudy i'm neither <laughs> yeah neither i'm just like no go it would be different if bray actually had feelings for one of right? them but he doesn't want them so no exactly. i don't i'm like care. go do why something do productive girls right ah. why should either of them get the guy who does not reciprocate their affections oh can say that <laughs> Bray hasn't got a choice in this matter. It just seems they've decided. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Grow up. He's a piece yeah. of meat. <laughs> yeah. You guys know I love Trudy and I'm her ride or die girl, but she is so obnoxious in this episode. It's like if someone told me I hate Trudy, I'm like, I understand. <laughs> I do. I, I get it. I understand your hate for her. Um she she's crossing the line between 
I, I empathize with you, sweetheart. I understand what it's like to have unrequited feelings for someone and what you're going through. But she's crossing over that line where she's using those feelings as an excuse to behave in any way she wants to. I have no tolerance for that. You may not be able to control how you feel, but you can control how you act. And I don't appreciate her manipulations and the way she's playing with Bray. And she knows that she is carefully cultivating her words so that Bray can't deny her without looking like the bad guy. You know what I mean? It's like her naming Brady at the table in front of everybody, putting him in that spot. I don't like it. You know what I mean? Because she keeps switching back and forth between I'm genuinely having a hard time and pulling on yeah. Bray's heartstrings, but using that to keep him where he wants him and ignoring the signs that he does not want that. He's not interested in, he's trying to let her down so gently. I, I don't like it. I don't like her behavior. I don't, she's, ugh. I mean, <laughs> Celine's not much better, but at least all Celine is doing is pouting. Right now she hasn't entered the fight. She's just pouting right now. And it's, We've all been there. We've all just been like, can't have that person. I want to die. Leave me alone. We've all been there. That's fine. She hasn't actually pulled out her claws or anything, but Trudy, she's being obnoxious. I kind of just want to punch her in the mouth. Well, can I also just say, like, Patsy's line when they're all playing the game? And Patsy goes, did Bryce sleep with Trudy? Like, she's so innocent and yet so catty. Like, like... I love that. And I don't know if it's just Sarah's delivery or just what, but yeah. it makes me laugh. Like, uh -huh. such an adult conversation and little ears listening and still cueing in what should be said or what shouldn't be said. Uh, I absolutely loved a line Sandra said around that time as well, with her, looks like Mother Superior's finally got in her claws into him. <laughs> Zandra with the kids is great. <laughs> oh, she was. Well, Zandra also um, calls everyone out on using Brady though to mm -hmm. get Bray's attention, which I love. Like, you go, girl. Like, well, she's calls, she calls everybody out on their games. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, you know, Zandra. She she's no pretense. She's like, look. <laughs> Don't pretend you're not upset about Bray. Don't pretend you don't feel this way. I can see right through you. Why play games? And she's, at the same time, she'll validate that it's okay you feel that way. But let's not yeah. lie about it. You know? As I've gotten older, I've started to like Zandra more as a character. Like, as a kid, I was like, you're a ditz. You're stupid. Don't like you. And now I'm just like, you rock. But yeah, I just, I love the way Antonia delivers her lines and the looks she can give during certain scenes, the moment she chases after Bray with that book, with, oh, you forgot this, and then the morning Celine, just <laughs> the little smile with that, so she's, completely evil. She's, she is really good at managing to capture the tone of a person who's being insincere, mm -hmm. you know, because she's, oh, she's like as fake as a pair of Lee press-on nails, you know what I mean? And compared to what she's going to be like after she comes back and she, you know, she's had her epiphany. Like you can tell the difference between Trudy when she's just playing people mm -hmm. playing on their emotional sense, you know, sensitivity to her. Uh, and when she's actually being genuine about how she feels and when she's talking to Ray, she switches back and forth between them. One minute, you really do feel like 
she's expressing her honest feelings on what how this is how hard this is and then immediately her tone shifts as she decides to use that and to get to bray and keep him where she wants him to antonia is really good at yeah you know touching on that it's it's, I guess that's what makes it so unsettling because you're watching, you're just like, this makes me sick to my stomach watching someone. I'm not a vindictive kind of person. You know what I mean? Like, I don't act on, on my pettiness. <laughs> so it's really hard sometimes watching other people do it. And I'm, I'm like, I would have never done that at her age. Like, I'm like, teenage me would have absolutely done that. Not me. You know, I just, I would have been more like, Celine, I would have pouted, you know, I would have been, I would have needed a few days, but I would never play with someone's emotions like that just to get them to like me. I never. <laughs> I'm like, why would you want them at that point? Because you didn't, they didn't choose you. You just manipulated them to being with you. And Trudy probably sees it as a way of like, I won the game. Like, yeah. to Celine. Yeah, she clearly doesn't care how she gets bright. Yeah, she just she wants, just wants him. She just wants him, and she because really Celine doesn't. wants him more. I guess. I don't know. No, I think it's well, she, she I always think Trudy, wants Bray. Trudy thinks she's owed. I think by Bray, like your brother knocked me up. He's not here anymore. So now, like You're you owe me. Him. Yeah, and if Bray had feelings for anyone, I don't think she would have gone along with it, whether it was Celine or otherwise. At this point. Well, we talked about it with Martin, that self-entitled bratty attitude that because you like someone, you're owed that relationship regardless yeah. of how they feel, you know? Mm-hmm. When Bray tries to explain to her, like, no, I, I don't want to do this. And she's, she literally just like, but why? Like, she cannot comprehend that he couldn't, he doesn't feel this way for her. He doesn't feel this way. And that's, a, that's reason enough, you know? And Yeah, but she doesn't see it that way. Let's, let's talk about that actually because okay. yeah, what did what did you think like after she was trying to be sincere and then she suddenly switches and tries to make a, a full-on move to bray like that's what i'm saying like she will be sincere and admit how she's really feeling and that pulls on your heartstrings and then she uses that immediately to try to manipulate manipulate you emotionally into doing what she wants it'll I don't know, like, not to use the word unsettled again, but it's like, it almost makes you not want to trust Trudy as much. Like, because every time she's sincere, she backs up, like, two steps, and then she's catty again. Yeah. Like, it's almost like you don't know ever where you stand with Trudy. Ever. I think unsettling is a perfect word. I Look at Bray's face. That is one unsettled yeah. young man. That is the best way to describe what that guy is feeling when he's around yeah. her. He has moments when he wants to trust that, you know, Trudy's being sincere with him and he's with her like, yeah, you know, and he thinks they're sharing a sincere moment. And then she immediately turns it and he's unsure. What moment are we sharing? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and he's, he's immediately uncomfortable again. And she keeps turning every moment they share very uncomfortable and creepy and just stop, stop it, Trudy. I love you. Cut it out. <laughs> I kind of... Once again, going back, like, peeling the curtain behind the tribe, like, I almost want to know what they told Antonia, like, the motivation was. Like, what is she picturing in her brain? Because all I can think of is Maleficent. Like, no. And I don't know if that's, like, way off topic or not, but, like, 
No, I, that is an interesting question. What she's so yeah. good at this. Like we exactly. can all agree, she is so good at this role. At fourteen, you know that you have to wonder what is she channeling to create this person that makes you feel this way when you watch yeah. her. You know, and you could say that for any of the good actors. You know what I oh, mean? Yes. But Trudy mm -hmm. is a very complex character, a lot more mm -hmm. than the others. She's not straightforward. What is Antonia focusing on when she's playing her? You know, yeah. and <laughs> I want to know. Like, wow, she Follow sells us. it. Whatever Trudy's meant to be, Antonia sells it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's actually an, an interesting thing about the sincerity you mentioned in Trudy, because at this point in time, everyone sees her flipping from, well, good to evil. But later on, the only one that seems to Remember that Trudy is capable of being that insincere is Chloe. Yeah. Yeah. She's the only one that sees through it. Mm. And yeah, Chloe's kept her distance from, well, the moment Trudy started behaving this way. Well, even later, like, Chloe has, like, an inherent almost fear of Trudy. Yeah. Because it wasn't it Chloe and Patsy who both pointed out the whole inconsistencies of all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Just. I mean, I'm not going to go that far in, but um, yeah, Sabine is right. I people start to just get so used to Trudy's mood swings that they just learn to ignore them. So yes, later on she will be able to take that advantage of that. I just I always think like Chloe's kind of knew something was off with Trudy like even early on I guess it, it does seem that way to me at least yeah like I mean you barely see Chloe get near Trudy except for when Brady was just born like, and she gave her that mobile wait it's almost like you know how like I know in my family there's someone like this but you see it a lot in movies too yeah. where there's like the aunt that the kids don't like Mm -hmm. And so suddenly it's family gathering and like little Joey like won't be with Aunt Melinda because mm -hmm. like he's scared of her for some reason. Like that's almost what I get with Trudy. Like something or not Trudy, Chloe. Like Yeah. Chloe can feed off of Trudy's like crazy energy and like wants nothing to do with that for whatever kid innocence you want to say. I don't think it's just Trudy. I think Chloe is just very particular about who she forms bonds with. You know, and she's not used to forming bonds with people. She's so used to being on her own. Mm -hmm. And she tries out a bond with every, you know, pretty much almost every older kid in the mall. And I think in some ways they've all let her down in some emotional sense. And which is why all she has is Patsy and Bob, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like just like any kid, you know, when you're looking for connections with older people, you know, you test out the waters with everyone, and sometimes you find that person you click with. Like, the kids all found Celine. They know they can depend on her for the most part. But even Chloe knows that Celine has her limits to how much she can be there for them. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, so she has a few moments with she has a few moments with Trudy, where she likes Trudy, but she doesn't click with her. She clicks the most with Bray. And, you know... Uh, yeah, we see her with all of them. She kind of has a moment with each of the older kids, and you know, you're just trying to see if there's something there. I don't. I don't think it's specifically Trudy that Chloe has an issue with. I just don't think they ever gelled. I mean, she never spends any time with Jack again either, even though they had a moment. But she doesn't ever really go back and spend time with him. <laughs> Thanks, <to> Amber. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, did did anyone else notice the moment where um, Celine is ranting to Amber about Trudy just using the baby to get to get to Bray, and Amber simply says, "Oh, and you're not." Yeah. She instantly calls her out on that with a, "Yeah, but you're doing the same thing. That was what you were trying to use the baby for." And then Celine immediately changes the subject. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have an answer for that. She's like, you're not as important in anybody's, everybody's lives as you like to think, Amber. It's like, oh, so you're going to rage quit this conversation, are you? I know. Yeah, it's but at so- least she, she's one of the people to call out Amber that not everyone likes her controlling their every move. But see, this is what's funny. This is not the first time anyone says this to Amber, that they don't want her buttoning in their business. But have you ever noticed that as soon as things go wrong, who's the first person they run to to try and solve it? It's yep. always Amber. And it's, it's like, they always treat her like that mom. You don't want your mom around. You don't want your mom telling you what to do. But as soon as you need your mom, you're in her face. Mom, mom, please help me. Celine says this to, she says this to, you know, Amber right now, you know, but when she has a problem with Bray, Amber's one of the first people she ends up going to. You know, she yeah. can't face Bray and say she doesn't want to be his girlfriend. So go, who she goes to, she goes to Amber. Can you fix my problem for me? They all do it. You know, Trudy does the same thing to Amber. She gets all mad. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me how to raise my kid. Don't tell me how to be. But as soon as she needs help, Amber, please help me. You know what to do. People listen to you. So Celine may think she's calling Amber out, but it's full of hypocrisy. And as far as I'm concerned, it's like, yeah, you say this now until you need something. And then you're going to be right up Amber's grill begging for help. (laughs) People always get on Amber's case for, you know, (laughs) taking charge. But it's like people put her in that position all the time. They're helpless without her, you know, stepping in and making a decision. And then they resent the fact that she's capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. Make up your mind. Don't blame her for your incompetence. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you don't have to like that Amber's good at taking charge, but you can't deny it. these people are always expecting her to. Yeah, they are. If they really didn't want her in charge, they would have fought her from moment one. But think about it from the moment these kids met her, they were like, We defer to you. You decide what happens for us. Yep. They didn't, you know, none of them fought her. Lex is the only one. And even he was like, Oh, her ideas are pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah, I just don't want her in charge because she's a woman. You know, that's so it's like whenever somebody calls Amber out for being in charge or taking charge or being concerned, I'm like, these are the same people who always expect her to do it. And they want it on their terms almost. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I like get that hypocrisy out of here. Leave Amber alone. There's a lot. Amber has plenty of flaws. This isn't one of them. No, don't say that. Don't! Hey. Hey, what's wrong? Chloe's not dead, is she? Of course not. I'm sure she's just sheltering from the rain. Uh, so yeah, so with the fallout of Chloe being missing, um, we have Patsy and Paul obviously lamenting her being gone. And um, actually something that shocked me was that Paul came out with, like, Chloe's dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah, I know it. It is what these kids are used to. Yeah, I mean, he's got a point in saying it, but it's also like, wow, like you just dropped that bomb right there. Yeah, like 
I, I thought he'd be the one comforting Patsy, but it was like, no, nah, she's dead. <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> thanks, Paul, thanks. Um, and yeah, with them upset, um, we have some unlikely help from Zandra and Amber. So they try to cheer them up <laughs> in their own little ways. Um, with Zandra giving them makeovers and Amber giving a uh, very wrong fairy tale, but. <laughs> <laughs> she tries. Hey, she, she had a point. Well, all I could think of today while watching it was like Hansel and Gretel, like they get eaten in the end. That's really not what you want to be telling kids right now. <laughs> it depends on what version of the story you read. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really cute, especially I really love Zandra and the kids. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I love moments like that with Zandra, her just her good nature, her energy. She is someone I'd want to spend time with. You know what I mean? She's a great escape from this world and she's... She's really a sweet person, you know. Um, I may not agree with all her ideas, but Sandra doesn't really go out of her way to to bang against people. You know what I mean? She's not really interested in headbutting with you. Um, and it's it's just adorable. I love how it starts with Celine leaving the room, like you look after them for a while. And she's like, Celine, my nails. <laughs> But the next time we see her, she's got the kids in the makeup and they're having so much fun. By the way, Paul's makeup is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great look. And she's just, and I like the effort she's putting towards trying to understand Paul. She doesn't spend as much time with him. So, for example, where both Celine and uh, Amber and even Bray are very good at understanding what Paul says to them. You know, Zandra's still learning. But she's fully engaged with him, you know, like, what did he say? I want to know everything he's saying. I'm listening to him. I'm paying attention to him. And it's very sweet and very adorable. And, oh. <laughs> uh, you're, it, it's making me want to have known what would have happened if Sandra hadn't left at the end of the season. At least it wasn't my big mouth this time. <laughs> they were trying to get Celine to, like you know, join them and they're fun and getting a makeover and Celine, she doesn't feel like it. She feels like pouting and Paul finally calls her grumpy pants. And <laughs> Which is hilarious. And it's super cute. And, you know, Celine leaves in a huff. I'm not a grumpy pants. And Sandra, you know, the kids all giggle with Sandra and she's like, at least it wasn't my big mouth this time. <laughs> because she's the one who earlier completely mm -hmm. overlooked Celine's mood and was talking about Trudy and Bray and you don't have to explain. That Trudy's a right cow. <laughs> don't worry, Celine. I'm sure Bray fancies you, really. I don't think so, Zandra. He does. I can read the signs. There's a real chemistry between you two. Yes, I'm um, sticking with that foot-in-mouth comment. Um, yeah, Zandra tries to find Celine later on and gives her a pep talk about Bray. And in that conversation, she says that they've got real chemistry between them. Like, did you buy that, or do you think it was just to make up for the earlier mistake? It was Zandra totally trying to make up. Yeah, it's a girlfriend thing. So you say to your girlfriend, you when you're encouraging them to go after that guy, he really liked you. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you don't go make up with someone and say to them, "Look, he's just not that into you." <laughs> that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> well, maybe. but it is Zandra we're talking about, so maybe she would have. <laughs> Look, I can't see you two being a couple, but go for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, I think she's she's just being a friend. She's being a friend. Like, look, yeah. if you like this guy, go after him. Be proactive. Don't lose him to some girl who I can tell he's not really into. And she does have a point. She tells tells yeah. her like. Trudy is responsibility, but he enjoys himself when he's with you. You know what I mean? So you've got something mm-hmm. to fight for if you really want it. And Zondra is a proactive character, you know? Yeah. And Zondra also absor- uh, observes, too. So she sees things that are going on. So, yeah, there may not be any chemistry between Bray and Celine, but there's no reason for Celine not to chase what she wants. And that's what you tell your friends. Go for it. I think it's funny that Zandra is encouraging Celine to chase Bray, despite the chaos that would happen. It would be mm-hmm. so much easier for her to just say, maybe you should stay out of it. And it makes me laugh because Zandra is totally the friend who would tell her girlfriend to go after the married guy. Yep. <laughs> If he was happy, he wouldn't have stepped out with you. Go for it. <laughs> that's so true. I just think that's funny. Like, Zondra, this is going to create complete chaos. But no, she's like, go for it, girl. Don't give up, girl. Zondra, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so I've grown to love her, though. Yeah. She's a a great character, and Amy plays her amazing. Look, relax. Let Lexi take care of you. Just remember, I've got a great right hook. Lex. Trust me, Sam. You have very soft skin. Uh, Selene, pass you once. What the? It was nothing, Zandra. Lex was just... I can see what Lex was just. Thank you very much. You, out. Now. It was you that told me she was upset, Sam. I was just... Save it, Lex. Yeah, let's move on to that, because um, what did you think of Zandra finding Lex massaging Celine? Ugh. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. it's everything. It's so <laughs> gross. That oh, scene is... Lex, Lex. Can we just not talk about that scene? Thanks. Yes, we should. Oh, it's because you can't defend your boo? Is that it? Oh. <laughs> There are plenty of times where that is, though. Like, I don't always agree with him. It's just nah, gross. It's, it's, it's just a gross scene. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just gross. Like, and I don't think maybe I'm wrong, but like every time I watch that scene, I like I have to look away. Like, I don't know anyone who could actually like stomach that scene. It's gross. It's awkward. Gross. It's very to catch a predator. Yeah, Ugh. it's gross. It's gross. Like, you know, it, I just it, love Zandra's response, though. But you know what I don't like about Zandra's response? And this is so typical of young females, not even just young females. This is my, my least favorite thing about females in general. When they catch their significant other messing around, they don't get mad at their significant other. They blame the the the, the, other, yeah. the other person. I, I don't want to use gender, you know what I mean? Because times are changing, yeah. but... It's like a Jerry Springer episode, you know? She doesn't like that Lex was flirting with Celine, but it's Celine she's angry with. It's Celine's fault. True. You know what I mean? And she's still determined to have Lex. It's it's like, why would you want denial? Oh, I hate that. I hate it. It's my, the one thing I, number one thing I hate about females in general. I just, it's, (laughs) I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. And, ugh gross i don't understand if you catch your partner being a sleaze bag why you want to keep the sleaze bag and you're willing to throw away a friendship over it like i don't 
Ugh. Sorry. It's just. Oh, like, Zond- I don't get that about Zandra. She's so clever and smart and seems to understand things better than anybody else. But when it comes to Lex, she. I don't know. I don't know what happens. Nice. It's interesting you said that because I actually was thinking the opposite. Um, when I was watching that scene, I actually quite liked that Zandra didn't completely lose her cool with Celine because she knew she was frustrated about Bray. Um, yeah, I, I saw that in a different light. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's just I've, this is what I've seen time and time again. And you see it in the tribe time and time again. Females being pitted against each other for a guy. Mm. You know what I mean? Over and over and over again. And the guy is usually just kind of a pivot in the middle until the girls decide which one of them wins, you know? And I'm I'm tired of that. I'm so tired of young women being told that, yes, we are enemies because we're after the same thing, you yeah. know? And it's like, if he's willing to sit there in the middle, he's not worth having. What the, what are the two of you doing? You know, um, if he's not willing to make a choice between you, then move the frick on you deserve better and i'm tired of seeing it over and over again in fiction and this is what young people are seeing over and uh, oh, i'm just like i'm sick of it. And it that's interesting too because like i know later on in the show like it's so empowering for young women like the, it's the one time where well not really the one time but it is interesting you say that like that women that they are pitted against each other a few times too like i don't know i mean i don't mind them being pitted against each other something like power struggles those are but over guys but when it's always over a guy i'm like oh give me a break like this is the only thing women can fight about i wonder if that was just a you know old crotchety men sorry guys but (laughs) it's a lazy cliche yeah storytelling cliche old men trying to write young teenage girls and it's like get some women on your writing team yeah okay first of all you know and i just i just get so tired of it as if this is the only thing women can ever come in conflict over yeah i mean we've already you've already got celine and trudy butting heads because of a guy you know and now you're gonna have celine and zandra doing the same thing like come on there are better just and it just it happens it happens over and over again for five seasons you just see, keep seeing it yeah keep but, seeing it. but it's not just zandra being mad at celine in this though i mean the first thing she does is tell lex to go away because he she wants him away from her mm-hmm. competition you'll notice that later she's talking to lex she's not talking yeah. to celine or making up with her she is making it clear lex you're my property you're mine she can't have you so she's not really that upset with him he's 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 gonna be fine they're not you know, they're not broken up. The only reason she tells him to get out is she wants him away from her competition. And she wants mm-hmm. her competition to know you can't have him. And I'm just sick of that dynamic between girls. I'm sick of it. Yeah, I don't know. It just came across to me as her her going to Lex with a... Yeah, I can see what Lex was just. Thank you very much. You, out, now. And she's just ordering Lex around and... I don't know. It's not what I hear when she makes it clear. She can't have you. Like, you're mine. I still want you. That doesn't sound like someone who isn't taking crap from him. I just, it's like you have these amazing characters. There's so much more you can do with them. That's all I'm saying. These characters deserve better uh, struggles, better fights. You know what I mean? Rather than these kind of cliche ones. Better conflicts. 
That's an interesting point. Like, looking back, like, I wonder if people, like, the writers are like, man, we could have done that so much differently. Like, if we would have known 20 years ago on a podcast, they're going to be talking about this. And it doesn't just pit the female characters against each other. It pits the fans against each other constantly. Bray and Lex get to have a conflict. But it's not over a girl. It's based on their personalities. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to pit characters against each other, it deserves to be for something good and some well-written stuff. But all these girls are being pitted against each other because of a guy. Yep. Yep. Just saying. They deserve a better storyline, better conflict. You know, these are some fantastic characters, like, portrayed by amazing actors. Come on, man. Give them a real reason to fight. That's one of the big things I hate about Jay's introduction. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's yeah. Oh, we'll get into it now, but yeah. We'll get into it. Nope. nope. Oh, Save that yeah. for later. This is not the day for Jay confrontation. <laughs> how, co- how often do we say that, though, during the podcast? <laughs> In season one, guys. Yeah, quite a lot so far, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think every episode, this is not the time to talk about Jay. Like, it's because uh, we know that if we open that can of worms, we're screwed. <laughs> to Jack and Dal. Our technological wizards. Lex. This is great. Give me some. It tastes like real water. It is real water, dummy. Hey, watch it. It's amazing, though. Out of the clouds, onto our roof, to this. It's like a miracle. Perhaps it is. No, give me a break. So amongst all the drama and divisions of the episode, we have our, a really nice moment where Jack and Dow perfect the water filtration system. And I mean, yeah, it was a really nice kind of moment there. Could you see the different characteristics come through from the tribe? You have Lex Ribbon Amber for taking the first drink. Um, you see Ryan's reaction to dummy. You've got Patsy and Zandra. Like their belief in it's a miracle, <laughs> and then yeah. you've got Bray overruling next, of course. It's like, yeah, the dog can have water. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a nice little moment. What did you think about again I... coming together? I just like that Jack and Dal get like a win, like they've worked so hard at this, and there's so much yeah. against them, and then they like it finally works out. And even though everyone's really skeptical, they're also very mm-hmm. supportive about it. I'm just like, yes, like, yay. I love the moment you get to see the difference between Jack and Dell's uh, researching. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, <laughs> Jack looking at a new age book, new technology, trying, because he, he, he's trying to, like, work out, like, very scientific, you know, how to get the electricity, how to get this to work. And I love that we see him doing that. And then Dal comes in with this just book. Or, and he's got a whole old-fashioned process already found. <laughs> It says a lot about how they, Jack is trapped in the hole. You know what I mean? Like that tube we talked about and Dal was able to cut right through it. And it's super cute. I love it. Um, And of course, Dal was thinking pragmatic. We have gravel, sand and all that. We have that here. We can use that. So you can see the different ways they approach. Jack's willing to invent something, but like you know dal's like what do i have in this room that i can use (laughs) but that's also like a good lesson for kids like you know sometimes the most basic answer is the simplest answer like you don't have to overthink it yeah because you know 
And it's also really cool because it's like historically relevant. Kids may not even realize that, but yeah, yeah, this is how ancient civilizations filtered their wells and got clean water. You know, this was, Greeks did it, Romans did it. You know, and mm-hmm. yeah, like wow, that's really cool—an aquifer. <laughs> did anyone actually try to do that? Like after watching the tribe the first time, like try and make water system? Of course. Okay, I was like, was I the only one who did that? Because I tried. <laughs> nope. You weren't the only one. Okay. I actually actually turned that in for a science project. (laughs) Yeah. And got away with it. But it's also, it's it's such a big win. And this is the beginning of an amazing friendship. These two. You know what I mean? Solving problems. Because they couldn't solve them separately. And now they're working together. And boom. The dream team. The dream team. You know? And... (laughs) They're, they're rightfully proud. It's very adorable. I love that scene at the table. Right. You know. And yes, Lex's reaction to Amber volunteering to drink the water from is hilarious. That makes me laugh so hard every time. Like, because it's kids. Like, you know, if yeah. your friend tries to do something stupid, like, you're going to rib them for it. Mm-hmm. But it's so, it's so Amber, you know, to show yeah. support. Like, I'll, t- I'll take the hit first. I trust him. I'm going to do it, you know? And then as soon as Ryan's like, so that's good? Okay, great. Sustenance. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm next. I also like the, uh, it tastes like water. What did you say? <laughs> it it is tastes like water. water. You that's because it, hey. <laughs> that's what he said, not me. I know. That's- and then he calls him out about saying that you're a dummy. And it's like, you know. Ryan's funny. like, hey, watch it. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't call me dummy. Lex is allowed to call me a dummy. You're not. It's a just it's a really cool moment at the table because there's a playfulness in the group starting to form, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, like I said, Lex is making fun of Amber, but he's he doesn't mean anything by it. You know, he thinks he's being funny. It is funny, you know. Amber doesn't take offense to it. You know, Bray overriding him and giving permission for Bob to drink the water. Lex is like, fine. You like, I was like, no, it's for humans. <sighs> just you know what I mean, you know, and it's cute. It is it's it's cute and I love the look on Patsy's face when she gives the water to Bob. She's just so happy. Like, oh, <laughs> we have water. This is a big deal. And, yeah. and of course, Bob's like, dude, I drank out of a puddle like two days ago. Like, <laughs> I don't care if it's purified. I didn't think it was funny that Lex made a fuss about Bob having the water. I'm like, didn't you just give him double portion? I know, food? Right? Would you well, make up your mind about Bob? It's like, he like he secretly likes Bob, but he doesn't want anyone to actually know he likes Bob. I I just have to laugh because Bray finally gets his moment to just get back at Lex and say, "I'm in charge of provisions." Bob gets water. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe if you listen to me, would have found Chloe. Bob gets water. Mm. Yeah, right. The one thing I can control. But it's nice. It's it, it also I think it's important because um it shows that not only have Amber, Lex, and Bray taken on these roles, but you see them actively respecting each other in their roles. You know, despite the way they feel about each other. Bray doesn't like Lex, but when Lex says we are searching in the city, Bray doesn't like it, but he does it because he's respecting mm-hmm. Lex's position. Lex doesn't argue about the water. Because as much as he hates Bray, he's respecting mm-hmm. the fact that that's, that's okay, fine. That's Bray's territory, yes. whatevs, you know. It's also the society is starting to form. 
Because even at this point, like, we're still, like, we're a tribe, but we're not, like, a named tribe yet, even. So, but Mm -hmm. it, the society and the tribe is starting to form. You get to see see that. You see the effort and the strides. Yeah. What it takes to work with people, even when you don't like them, you're making a choice. And, yeah, it's, it's a really nice. They're making an effort for it. They're making an effort. And, uh, yeah, I, I like it. And. Just, yeah, the boys producing fresh water. Yeah, they can go to the creek and get it, but it's still a really cool, you know, advancement. Yeah. yeah. Having that, because, I mean, that's what we are all about, humanity. We're all about taming our environment, you know, cultivating it, making it of use to us. And this is such a small thing, but being able to produce their own drinkable water and it's safe and it doesn't make them sick. They did that. They came up with it. These kids could have easily gone and found a Britter water filter. <laughs> That's what we would have done as adults. But no, they solved it. They figured it out. It's just a really neat moment. It's, I love it. Um, I guess just a side thought. Like, do you think the water filtration system should have been made a bigger deal, like in the future? To kind of trade and stuff? Like, It does seem to fall by the wayside. Yeah. Like, as soon as they know they can go to the river to get water, they don't really pay much attention to it. It's like, once they know they can get water whenever they need to, it's... I think it's just one of those, like, housekeeping things that, you know, we we see that they have water so they can survive. Now we can pave the way for bigger plots that don't necessarily have to form survival. You know, we get a lot more of the human drama and that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I do. You do see that time and time again in the show. Like, they have a problem, they solve it. We don't spend a lot of time with that afterward. Because, hmm. like, it's almost, it's kind of like an establishing shot. Like, you mm-hmm. know, these people need food, water, and shelter. Okay, so now we have the food, or we kind of have the food. We have shelter, we have water. We're assuming we're getting food. So now we can focus on, you know, whatever the next big plot point is. I actually can't remember it at this point. Like, finding Chloe and naming the tribe. You know, the next big bad guy who walks in. <laughs> or bad What have you. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's true. Because once once Bray is established as the provisions guy, we don't spend a lot of time watching no. him get provisions. It's established nope. that he's the guy doing it, and that's it. And the only time we actually start to see him out there is when the provisions become a problem inside because of future storylines. Mm-hmm. And then you, they want you to see just how much trouble Bray has to go through to get this food in the first place. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, once it's settled, we don't see it again. You know, um, you, you don't see Lex in his office again going on about head of security. It's established. No. That's who he is, you know, and. And same thing with Amber and the chores. You don't see her getting into huge fights with anybody about them anymore. It's established that she's admin. Exactly. Not marriage. Solve that problem. Because, I mean, like, look at your day-to-day. Like, you know you get up, you, you know, get dressed, brush your teeth and everything. If you're going to film the story of your life, you're going to film the fun stuff, not necessarily the, you know, the boring parts. So it's been established. You don't need to dwell in favor of... Then again, it could just be the economy of storytelling. You only want to focus on what's relevant right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. So if this, you know, it's not relevant to keep bringing up the water filter. Exactly. 
unless it's part of a storyline. So, but I, I, yeah, you think it would be a much bigger deal <laughs> that they created this thing, but uh, no, no. I just think it was like I said, an established, and now that it's been established, we can have the more like craziness. Like water won't become important again until it becomes part of a plot point. Otherwise, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true, which it does soon, but yeah. It's... But I get that. I mean, we're talking a huge ensemble. There's so many subjects for them to cover, and they really do try to go so deep in them. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine if I don't keep seeing the water filter. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's there. I know it's doing its job. It's okay that it rarely rains in this special yeah. city. <laughs> uh, do we actually ever see it rain again? No. Again, only when it's a plot point do we get to see the weather. Rain, making rain on a set is hard. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. It, it, it'll be a while before we see we won't see it. We just we'll be informed that it's raining. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, it it rarely happens. It rarely ever happens. In fact, if I'm really thinking about it, I don't think it rains again until season two. And it's just because we need to keep uh, Jack at the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> we need a storm. So <laughs> we should have like, kept like a running towel. Like now that we're pointing out the water situation, like from here on out, how many times it rains? We should make a big deal about it. And like, I shall be counting bunnies. <laughs> yeah. Just like the stupid stuff. It's just, it's just kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it, it only seems to, weather only becomes an issue ever if it's a plot point. Cool. Um, so that leads us to our final thoughts of the episode. Um, and the episode pretty much closes with Chloe stranded. Well, she wakes up and finds the locos pretty much two feet away from her. Um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts about that final closing scene? Tweedledee and Tweedledum. How did this right near you all night and you didn't spot her red coat in the green grass? I idiots. <laughs> I don't maybe they just I, weren't looking for her. Like I don't think they're looking for anybody. I don't know. They even I, said I, they're just they, I think they mutter something about Zoot not being out there. So I think they, yeah, they, they say, we're wasting our time. I don't know why we're out here. Yeah, we searched we, everywhere we, for him. He's not here. Hey, do you want a drink? <laughs> yeah, they were, they were drinking, weren't they? <laughs> right, they were. No, okay, so Twiddledee and Twiddledum, Loco 1 and Loco 2, like, they were put somewhere to just kind of stay out of everybody else's hair. They're stew-nods of the group, and this is how it's happened. It's just unfortunate and dumb luck that Chloe found them versus them finding her. Because, yeah, Ebony would not let that fly. I'm still surprised these two got accepted into the Locos and Lex and Ryan didn't. This is like third string Locos. These aren't the brightest Locos. Actually, I'm not surprised at all. Because think about it. Lex Lex is actually clever. Okay, He presents himself to Zoot in a clever way. He's willing to buy himself into the Locos. You know, he schedules a time with him. He's very professional about trying to get to the Locos. Why would you want someone that clever around you if your whole yeah. thing is power and chaos? Yeah, you want sure people enough. who will follow you blindly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And as we've seen, that is how most of the locos are. They're very dumb. Whether it's Zoot leading them, whether it's Ebony leading the militia, these are just aimless kids who will bow to any authority that's strong enough to shout them down. Um, 
I mean, and Jaffa takes that with him when he starts the Chosen. Same yes. method. Get idiots who can't think for themselves to join you. And hey, he gets a lot of the old logos. So Yeah, so yeah. I you don't really want too many intelligent people around you. Um, if that's your method of running a group. Yeah, true. Yeah. You don't want anyone who's able to question you. You might want one or two smart people, you know, like I said, Zoot had Ebony and Jaffa had Luke. But you don't really want much more than that. And yeah, Lex was probably too clever for him. He was like, mm -hmm. no, I can't. I, I can see it in your eyes. You're a contrarian. No way. You're going to argue with me too much. I don't want you in this group. <laughs> yeah. And Lex would have been miserable as a locust. He would have realized, <laughs> I have no power. This sucks. And these guys are idiots. <laughs> yeah. They would have made Ryan seem very, very bright. Because every time we see the same group, you know, whether it's the Locos, the Militia, the Chosen, or the Zootists, it's always the same kids in the group. Easily mm -hmm. led, don't think for themselves, believe the most outrageous, ridiculous things. That's my mentality. Yeah. I mean, not a single one of them was like, Ebony, why are we looking in the woods for Zoot? <laughs> okay. <laughs> These same people believed her when she said, uh, he came to me in a dream and gave me his talisman. They're like, that sounds legit. <laughs> I mean, oh, did any any of you have an opinion on the last words Trudy said in this episode? Which were... Shut up, Brady? Yep. Okay, I was like, <laughs> Shut I looking up, at the Brady. right line? Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember feeling that many a time. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like Just shut up. As uh, someone who works with littles, like I, I see both ends. Like it's a baby, like but I also know like being that up like, frustrated and tired, like I get it. Especially yeah. since Trudy's right now is still in her frame of mind of she's only playing at being a nice mommy because she's trying to win Bray. Yeah. She, she's not actually there in her heart. You know, right now, Brady is a tool. She's not seeing Brady as a person. Or, exactly. You know, she's not really even seeing Brady as part of her. You know, Brady is just separate, separate thing. That's just exhausting. But, you know, if she can use this thing to get Bray, and whenever it doesn't work, that real, her genuine frustration, her real feelings for Brady come out. Like, ugh. Shut up, Brady. What good are you to me if he's not going to stay the night? <laughs> right. <laughs> I was sweet to you all day and he still left. You are a terrible wing woman. Yep. Yeah. It, it is kind of like sad that she's using an infant as a wing woman and then like upset at it when it doesn't work. Like, come on. Like, Trudy, you might as well use a potato. Hey, guys would use a puppy if they could. But puppies are cute and they don't. Puppies work saying yeah i, I, I bet you trudy it. would trudy would probably have better luck with bray if she did have a puppy <laughs> uh, well think about it when you introduce someone to your puppy you're not they, they never get the thought that oh you're gonna want me to help you raise that puppy you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> exactly babies are scary man unfortunately babies come with a lot more baggage <laughs> right exactly. you're not looking for another parent are you <laughs> <laughs> you just want me to play with it for a few hours, huh? Before I agree to dinner, what are you guys looking for? <laughs> what I know. <laughs> like how you include the baby in the you guys, like yeah. 
What a baby such. Oh, you just reminded me actually. And it's a random thought, but we <laughs> don't get to see the chickens in this episode, even though they're just introduced. Because we don't care. We have other things to worry about, Lance. Uh, again, Lance, no, the no, chickens, like, um, well, they're like, not relevant to the story right now. No, but like oh. to get the kids off, the, the thoughts off of Chloe, you, you thought they could have oh, been yeah. chickens, but... Yeah. But yeah, would you but trade the character development of them with Isandra no, just to exactly. reestablish that the chickens exist? No, I wouldn't. And also, chickens are like $50 a day to rent from the farm, and we, we've we used the chickens. It's good. No, yeah. it's a random force. I just realized, yeah. <laughs> you just proved the point. They were absent, that's all. Yeah, chickens. they should be. They, they would have been a waste. They're, it would have been yeah. a script padding. You know what I mean? That's all that would be. They're not needed. And besides, they would have actually reminded the kids of the fact <laughs> that Chloe wasn't there taking care of them. Or that they were hungry and wanted chicken nuggets. Chicken mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Duh. Hey, it goes back to economy of storytelling. Every scene yeah. has to meet several purposes. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you have to accomplish so much It was so little. And they don't waste a second of screen time. Unless the chickens are of use. It's just, again, why would you spend a budget on getting the chickens on the scene? You know, why would you spend the money to get the chickens in here so that you can have a scene around the chickens when you can accomplish the same goal without the chickens? And have the extra character development. But also, like, the tribe had, like... For the t- like the timing, like it's twenty five minutes. Like they cram in a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I see what you're saying, but they could have switched the game for the chickens. Did, did you no. did you miss the chickens, Lance? Is, is there Lance is something you're not telling us? I did. <laughs> they were introduced and they've been forgotten. <laughs> I missed the chickens. Hey, Lance, but, did you eat before you least... came on today? <laughs> that might have something to do with it. I'm not sure. I was gonna say, do you want chicken nuggets? <laughs> I sense the fact that you're hungry. <laughs> but I was like, where, where are the damn chickens? <laughs> it was not, now you mentioned that game. It is something that comes back a couple of times because you see it earlier with Patsy being all, "Oh, I was gonna get this for Christmas." And they, they actually reused that game a couple of times. And I'm still curious, is there anyone okay. out there? No, so, Sabine, you, because you asked this earlier, that game does not exist. Because in order to use a game that would exist, you would have to get the rights to the game. And Cloud9 isn't doing that. Yeah, it's just a no generic offense. Like, it's a generic, generic game. Pieces. Like, it doesn't they, actually exist. No. <sighs> Darn it. Because that way, they didn't have to be like, Milton Blart Bradley, we're used to Monopoly. Can we have some of that Monopoly money? They just... They put yeah, it in they, like, the generic video game noises. Yeah. Like, No, the, those were actual video game noises. I can't recall which one, but... I'm quite sure I can find out which ones they were. They're still pretty generic. They're generic, the yeah. Would have, those are like all-purpose video game sounds. That yeah, they wouldn't like, put in... I mean, they did, show, they did show the Game Boy. You could clearly see it was a Game Boy. You could yeah, but they didn't show the Game Boy. You yeah, the but game. they didn't, like, play the theme to Super Mario. Yeah. That would have too much. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. 
if they, if there's a broad licensing that's, to use it, they used it. Otherwise, yeah. they weren't spending the money on it. That's why everything is brand nine in the food store. And yes, yeah, the they didn't have to budge. Hey, but if you look no. at it, there's you see Amber with a Machiavelli book. In her okay, hand. that's different. That's in public lo- domain at this. I was going to say public domain. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's also Art of War. That's been in public domain since 1999. Like that's so been again, in- it comes down to if there was, if there was free yeah. licensing to use it, they used it. If there wasn't, yes. they didn't use it. It's that simple. That's all it because is. It's not complicated. Cloud Nine wasn't paying the money. I love you, Cloud Nine, but we know you weren't paying the money, or you didn't have sponsors to give you the money to use their stuff. And that goes for anything, anything that yeah. you're making. You know, if if you can't afford the licensing, you don't use it. You know. Mm-hmm. I I still love the fact that in a later season. They actually have books there for the kids that I own. They have a couple of children's books. And those were actually books that weren't in the public domain at that time. I There's some other stuff with that because it's in the background and it's not being seen and that sort of thing. It's like why clerks could shoot in a convenience store and not turn all the bottles over. Yep. But <laughs> yet they made a point about there not being Gatorade because they didn't have the licensing for that. Hmm. And that's why, yeah, there's a whole bunch of everything with that. Yeah, there's just a lot of complicated laws about licensing, but it's Hill, yeah. just like Hill said. At least then I can stop my journey to track down that yeah. board yeah. game because, yeah, I've been trying to figure out which one it was for ages. Because it never existed. Wouldn't it be funny if, like, we were proven wrong? Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was like, come it on, just no, turned out to be proved them wrong so I can add it to my collection. Like, somebody comes out, nerds. someone comes out of the woodwork and says, no, I invented that game. It failed. It never, it never became very popular outside of New Zealand, <laughs> but it's a real game. <laughs> you know, come at me. Like, awesome. Prove if me wrong. Know, if you know but... what game it was, if it did exist, please let us know. Didn't exist. Someone's listening to this podcast going, how dare they say my game doesn't exist? You know, once again, <laughs> prove me wrong, but it didn't exist. I have tried to Google it before. I've had to help it. <laughs> <laughs> Dive in and find it, but no, Enter the Vortex doesn't exist. So, yeah. yeah. I, 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 Freedom Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds like an awesome show even, but like... <laughs> yeah. You know, doesn't exist. Sorry, friends. But there were so many weird games back then mm. that didn't seem to exist. Everything you guys say back then or back in the day or I don't know what it was like back then. I'm like, you guys. Like, it's I, only. I know it is a long time for you guys, but I was an adult. So I'm just like, I have to remind myself. Yeah, it was 20 years ago. That would, it seems like a long time to them. But it makes me, I always want to be like, uh, yeah, we had that back then. It wasn't that big of a deal, you guys. <laughs> Wait, you guys had running water back then? No. Like, it it was 20 years ago, not the Stone Age. <laughs> but it's funny because, like, my students do the same thing. And I'm like, you guys, like, no, stop. It really stop. wasn't so, that. It wasn't. Like, like, remember, uh, we were talking about um, Lex's rules, whether or not they're misogynistic. And the conversation went to, well, you know, it was different back then. I was like, no, it wasn't. They were misogynistic back then, too. (laughs) 
that brings episode 14 to a close thank you to the panel and we will see you next time for episode 15 so until then bye 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 bye